hope you have your Bible with you. I'll be looking at the text. And if you have your Bible in your handphone, which I find very difficult because when I say turn to chapter 18, certain verses, maybe the young people can uh, find it very quickly. But if you have a Bible like mine, a hard copy is much easier to follow. Okay, this afternoon I'll be preaching from Genesis chapter 19. Uh, last Sunday, uh, Pastor Micah looked at Genesis chapter 18. Uh, really, chapter 19, you have to interpret and study in the light of Genesis chapter 18. Uh, because the story of the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah and also the rescue of Lot is really a response to the intercession of uh, Abraham. Uh, whether did God really answer the prayer, the intercession? Uh, this is where I think we are all interested because we have been asked by Pastor Micah to pray for our friends and our family members uh, or those who are yet to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, chapter 19 begins with saying that the two angels arrive at Sodom in the evening. Now, these two angels were sent by Yahweh or God on a mission. Uh, they are supposed to go to Sodom to check it out. Uh, because God disclosed to Abraham uh, that the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go there and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry has reached me. If not, I will know. That is in chapter 18, verse 20. In chapter 18, we are told that there are three men who visited Abraham to announce the news that God is going to uh, give Abraham and Sarah a son the following year. And in chapter 18, it mentioned the three men, they actually visited Abraham. Uh, and he said, the Lord appeared to Abraham. The Lord is the word Yahweh, the personal name of God. And they, they appeared, God appeared to Abraham near the great trees of memory. And these great trees of memory is known to the people at the time uh, uh, is a place where they are prominent, it's a prominent oak trees where people gathered under the prominent oak trees there uh, for shade, for rest, for discussion or whatever. And, and it was uh, in, uh, in memory, which is Hebron, which we know. And the three visitors were entertained by, by Abraham, where Abraham showed great hospitality, which later we will see that Lord also practiced hospitality. And in chapter 18, uh, we are told that Abraham got uh, his wife, uh, Sarah, to bake some bread. And he himself selected a choice, uh, uh, a choice tender calf. And then he provided the visitors curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared. Like Asian hospitality. Uh, 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 Abraham really welcomed the visitors. And then we are told in chapter 18, verse 16, when the man got up to leave, that is the two men, which in chapter 19, their identity was revealed. These are the two angels. 
So two angels and Yahweh appeared in the form of men uh, and, and uh, have, having dialogue with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Abraham. They visited Abraham. And then the man got up to leave. That is where we come to chapter 19. They, they were heading towards Sodom. And the man got up to leave. They looked down towards Sodom and Gomorrah. That means they are at a high place. And they looked down. You know, presumably on the hill, they looked down, Sodom and Gomorrah, and, uh, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Normally, when I have guests come to my house, uh, when they go off, I also walk them to the lane where they park their car. Uh, maybe I belong to that older generation. When the visitors come, and then when they go off, you just walk them all the way to where they park their car. So Abraham walked them to see them on their way. Then in chapter 18, verse 17, the Lord, the Lord Yahweh said, he was talking to himself, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation and all nations on earth will be blessed to him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct the ch his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then although in verse 20, he did not say that, God said to Abraham, uh, but I think that God already disclosed to Abraham after he was thinking whether I should tell Abraham uh, that I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And then the Lord say, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sins so grievous that I will go down and see uh, uh, if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. And then the man turned away and went towards Sodom. That means the two angels. Okay, what did Abraham, when the man went to Sodom, Abraham knew that there's not much time really. It's dangerous because uh, God is going to destroy Sodom. If God is going to destroy Sodom, do you know who was in uh, Abraham's mind? Who was in his mind? Sorry. Lord. Okay. His nephew was in Sodom. I think we know that in chapter 13 when uh, Lord parted company from his uncle uh, Abraham and then uh, because the herdsman couldn't get along, Abraham was very big hearted. He said, choose whatever place you want. And then uh, uh, Dr. Leong uh, preached in his sermon that uh, a Lord was a man who lived by sight, run by faith. He chose the best place, the well-watered, you know, plain, the place. And then he pitched his stand near Sodom. And of course, the text in chapter 13 also saw that, say that Sodom was very wicked, the people. But Lord chose that place because I think in his mind, it's a city, it's a much better place than the place in Canaan land. Uh, so, so Abraham was thinking about Lot. And then God, uh, then Abraham approached God. He was remained standing before Yahweh. And then he said, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if they are, uh, okay, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Of course, he, in other texts following, he said, uh, will you kill the righteous together with the wicked? Meaning that he knew 
the angels were going, the two men were going to Sodom to, to check it out and to carry out the mission of God to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Then Abraham said, will you sweep away? That is the word I think Dr. Leong would be the best person to consult. It is the language of the great flood in Genesis chapter 6. Will you sweep away? You know, like the great flood that came and took the people away. So in Abraham's mind, he was thinking of his nephew, Lord, that God, will you, will you kill the righteous uh, uh, together with the wicked? And then he went on to bargain with God to say, what if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Now, now he's thinking about Sodom, maybe, but behind, he was really thinking of his nephew, Lord. Number one, God, will you kill the righteous together with the wicked? Secondly, if there are righteous people, of course, he didn't mention uh, Lord's name. If there are 50 righteous people, will you not spare the city of Sodom? Although he knew that Sodom was a wicked city. So now he was also thinking of Sodom. So he was appealing to the character of God, that God, you are judged. You are just. That's why he says, uh, far be it from you to do such a thing. What thing? That is, will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people? It's almost like you praying to say, God, in Kuala Lumpur, there are 1,000 righteous Christians in the city. Will you destroy Kuala Lumpur? Will you really destroy the whole city and not spare uh, Kuala Lumpur? And then he said, far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked or treating the righteous with the wicked alike. Far be it from you. So Abraham was really talking about the attributes of God. And he said, God, you won't do such a thing. He said, will not the judge of all the earth do right? You are the judge of all the earth. You are the God who always do what is just. You will not do wrong. You wouldn't do this kind of thing. Uh, that was what Abraham said. <clears throat> and then God responded to him, for the sake of 50 people, I'll spare Sodom. So if God spares Sodom, mean his nephew also will be spared. It's a logical thing if you understand that. <clears throat> then Abraham went on to talk about what if they are 45, 40, 30, 20, and then down to 10. And then for the sake of 10, God said, I will not destroy Sodom. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. That was the end of chapter 18. So, you know, people are thinking, why did Abraham didn't go down to further to five? Uh, to, to, to even one, to, to the number that only Lord is righteous. Now we come to 19. Okay, so you know the background and that has to be interpreted in the light of chapter 18. Did God answer the prayer, the intercessory prayer, or the intercession of Abraham. Because this has to do also how in chapter 19, to do with your prayer. You are interceding. You intercede for your friend. You intercede for the city. Maybe for Kuala Lumpur, for Penang, for your, your friends in, uh, in Para. You know, will God answer your prayer? Then the angels arrived in Sodom in the evening. 
and Lord was sitting in the gateway of the city square. Now, Sodom, uh, a Lord now sitting in the, in the gateway of the city square uh, is a picture of someone with, with a position, with influence. You know, gateway is a place where they, they make decisions, you know, political, economic, you know, uh, big decisions are made at the gateway of the city. So Sodom was sitting in a gateway. I can imagine if you read chapter 14, uh, you know the four kings versus the five kings, and then Lord was captured, and then Sodom king was defeated, and then Abraham took the 318 trained men, and he, he went after the four kings, and then he brought back all the women, the children, and the, and the goods, properties, or things uh, uh, belong to Sodom, and also other kings, the five kings. They were defeated by the four kings in, uh, uh, in chapter 14. And he rescued Lot. And then Lot went to Sodom and then lived in the city. He pitched the tent. He was captured. Now he lived in the city of Sodom. I would imagine that he rose to that position because of his uncle, uh, Abraham. You know, the king of Sodom probably rewarded him or whatever. He became a man of position sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he saw the two angels in the form of men. He got up to meet them and bowed down with a face to the ground, almost as if that he recognized these two, two, two men as unusual. Uh, probably it's an Eastern ancient custom, being very polite. You know, you bow down to someone who is very important. And he said, my Lord, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. And then they say, no, uh, we will spend the night in the square. And then the Lord probably said, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. In the Kuala Lumpur city square. That is the most dangerous place. Jalan Alor, don't go there. That's not the place to go. And he insisted so strongly. Told them, no, you come to my house. Come to my house. And then they uh, did enter his house and Lord prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast and they ate. I think Lord is a little bit, a bit uh, more thrifty, uh, stingy uh, compared to the uncle. Uh, the hospitality, yeah, he practiced hospitality. He took them into the house, but he did not give them the, the choice calf or curds or milk, but just uh, 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 bread without yeast and they ate. And before they had gone to bed, well, this is like watching a movie, you know, uh, the heightened sense of the drama. Before they had gone to bed, the two angels in the form of men, and all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. <clears throat> I think this is a narrator describing, uh, it is a great crowd, you know, representing the whole city almost. You know, the young and old men surrounded the house. Well, they must have got news, you know. Someone, strangers, visitor came to the city gate and the news passed very quickly, you know. And then they came and they called to Lord. Where are the men who came to your house to you tonight? Bring them, bring them up to us so that we may know them. Now I change to ESV. 
you know, my NIV is uh, interpretation, so that we can have sex with them. And of course, some commentator people say that <coughs> uh, ASV says so that we can know them. They just like to have a friendly chat, you know, like, you know, Pastor Joshua came, we bring him out for lunch, and then we just like to get to know them, yada, you know, the, the Hebrew word. I think Dr. Leon will know also this word, uh, yada. And, uh, and in the context, it's very clearly when, uh, when the Lord replied, Lord went outside and made and shut the door. You know, he, he didn't want the, uh, his two visitors to hear the conversation <coughs> or the scream and the shout. He said, no, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. So the context is very clear. That's why <coughs> and why NIV interpreted as bring them out so that we can have sex with them. So what, what, what is these people trying to do? Uh, uh, they, they are attempting, they are attempting a, what they call it, a homosexual gang uh, rape. Uh, you know, before they gone to bed and then all these things happened. Uh, and uh, and, uh, and uh, inhabitants of uh, Sodom came and surrounded the house, wanted to gang rape them. Now, very interesting, some sector of the Christian uh, say that uh, uh, God judged Sodom and Gomorrah because of homosexual sin. Uh, but I, I would read it differently. Homosexuality practices, homosexual practices definitely is a sin in the Old Testament and consistent all the way to the New Testament. You cannot escape from that. Uh, the argument, you cannot say that... Uh, uh, it, it is not a sin, you know. They judge them because of the lack. They did not practice hospitality, the inhabitants of the Sodom. And, but I would say that homosexual sin is not the only reason and the main reason why God judged Sodom and Gomorrah or destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. God sent the angels to go and check it out. And basically the angel confirmed that indeed the outcry that came to God of the sin is so grievous, that the sin is so heinous, is true. The homosexual, attempted homosexual gang, gang rape is only an expression of one form of the many kind of sins in the city. And of course, people interpreted the outcry as the, the poor people in uh, Sodom were, were being ill-treated, you know, and um, there were oppression, all kind of exploitation. But of course, here, there's no mention. But you can easily think of that kind of society where there's no moral values. You're not talking about one-to-one -one man and man, woman-to-woman, -woman, the kind of having sex, same-sex relationship. But you're talking about the whole group, young men and old, old men. The old men don't even teach a young man, don't do this kind of thing. <coughs> Only Lord say, don't do these wicked things. Looks like Lord is more righteous than them. And so what happened? We continue the story. And Lord told the crowd, the mob say, look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you and you can do whatever what you like with them. 
But don't do anything to this man, for they have come under the protection of my roof. What Chongi? You'll be horrified. You got two daughters. I have one daughter, Sarah. I love my daughter. I'm horrified by this. What a crazy thing that Lord do. You know, the hospitality is a is a is a prime value in the ancient custom. You know, like Asian Asian practices, uh, Asian. But how can hospitality trumps the welfare of your daughter? Lord has lost his moral compass because he pitched his tent near Sodom and then he moved into Sodom. He married a Sodomite, a woman, and then he got two girls who are pledged to marry to the two men in Sodom and he was willing to sacrifice the whole future of the two daughters. Can you imagine if the two daughters were raped by this group of people? Maybe they're not strictly homosexual. They are bisexual or whatever. They are crazy. And what kind of a lie would the, would, the, would the daughters have? He has completely gone out of his mind. He was willing to sacrifice the daughter who was pledged to marry uh, to, 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 the, to the men. And, and, and what did the crowd say? Get out of our way! This fellow, now they no longer consider him as a friend or as a brother, you know, as a, as a citizen of a, a Sodom. This fellow came here as an alien and now he wants to play the judge. Well, like you go and talk to <clears throat> homosexual community and then you, you disagree with what they do and then they say, you play the judge. They're accusing Lord of playing the judge and we will treat you worse than them. Now, so it's a threat a threat of, uh, uh, to to uh, Lord, uh, to rape him, maybe to even violently beat him up and maybe to kill him. Wow. You know, the offer of uh, Lord doesn't work. You know, these people are bent on, on uh, gang rape, uh, the visitors. And, and the crowd was enraged, they didn't budge, they threatened and they come near to the door, they want to break down the door and that was what they wanted to do. And then the story told us that the two angels acted by striking the men who were at the door of the house with blindness. You know, the whole crowd, we don't know how many, maybe 100, 200, 300, you know, they were all completely struck with blindness. You can just imagine they were all groping, you know, and then it was uh, at night and then Probably they banged each other and then they fell and then they couldn't find the place, find the door. You see, before they could do anything, the angels inside the house, the man reached out and pulled Lord back into the house and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness so that they could not find the door. And the two men said to Lord, Do you have anyone here, sons-in-law, sons or daughters or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against his people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. Do you think the Lord will believe what the angels say? You know, believing Yahweh said to the angel to come and destroy the place. And then he think, think nothing happened or just that these people come and try to rape my visitors. And then now these my visitors, wow, you know, could do this kind of thing, cause them all blind. Now ask me to go and 
tell uh, uh, my son-in-law, whoever, that I can lay hold of who are close to me, ask him to get out of Sodom. And Lot responded. Verse 14 is interesting when I read. So Lot went out. Oh, the crowd, the mob behavior. And then he went out because they were all couldn't find the dormer at night, you know, and I don't know how Lot managed to, to run out. And then where did he go? He went and spoke to his son-in-law, probably woke them out because late at night already, and uh, those who were pledged to marry his daughter, he said, hurry, get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. And then the son-in-law looked at the, the future father-in-law and said, you crazy old man. God, God is going to destroy Sodom. Morning, I just went to the share market. I just bought share only. I just went to the pavilion shopping mall, buying things for your daughters. You crazy, yeah? God is going to destroy this place. What are you talking about? So the text say they thought he's jesting or joking. They're just joking. As we read the story, I want you to put yourself in the picture. Who do you think that you identify most? You know, God said that the Son of Man, Jesus, is going to come and wrap up history. God is going to judge the world. God is going to judge the world. And then you go and tell your son-in-law, is it crazy? You know, I'm going to marry your daughters. You say, God is going to judge the world. Are you going to be like the son-in-law who think the father-in-law is just talking nonsense? And some more the sense of urgency, hurry, get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. Lord used the word Yahweh. He called God Yahweh. I think that Lord is a, is a half-baked Christian. He's a believer because of his association with Abraham. Abraham came out of Ur, was a pagan, told the nephew to go with him because Lord's father died already. The God of the heaven who made the world spoke to me, asked me to go, move, and to the place where he will show me. And then oh, the whole series of events, how God appeared and spoke to Abraham and entered into covenant with Abraham. Although Abraham's faith went through yo-yo, up and down, up and down, but yet he had that living relationship with Yahweh. And Lord could have, by association, came to hear a lot of things he probably believed. That's why he called God Yahweh, the Lord. The Lord spoke, the Lord is going to destroy this place. Hurry up. And then with the coming of dawn early in the morning, the angels urged the Lord. You can imagine the two visitors going to Lord and say, hurry up, come on, hurry up. No time, Eli, hurry up. Take your wife, take your wife and your two daughters who are here with you, uh, or, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. So very clear, the two things. One, you'll be swept away, the language of Genesis 6. You'll be gone together with the wicked people in Sodom when the city is punished. Very clear, God is punishing Sodom. Sodom is not punished because of the attempted homosexual gang, gang rape, as I said 
It is an expression of one form of many sin. The sin of Sodom has reached its full measure, has come to the limit. It's almost like, you know, you have a pail, then you fill up the water, the water is at the brim maybe, and then the water is going to flow out. It's not half empty. You picture that. The sin has come to full lady. That's why God is decide, God has decided to act and to judge Sodom. He gives Sodom one last chance and got the angels to come and check it out. And angel confirm. That's it. And then the text in verse 16, I'm not sure that you will identify with Lord. When he hesitated, when he hesitated, I think in your ESV Bible probably say he lingered. I can imagine Lord probably went to his uh, house and checked and pulled out the drawer. If he has a drawer, look at his uh, uh, FD, you know, and then look at his uh, fixed deposit and look at his share certificates and then uh, uh, check out there's so many things in his house. And then he said, I'm going to leave this behind. Oh, yo, he could not really, he, he was struggling in it. And then the wife said, Honey, are you sure these visitors really say that God is going to destroy Sodom? All our things here, our future son-in-law around, they're not going. You want us to go and leave now? Can you believe this too? Lord was struggling in it. He was hesitated. You know, he, he lingered on. He didn't want to go. And then the angels, the man, grabs the hand and the hands of his wife and the two daughters. I was trying to read English because my English is not that good. I read the Mandarin. Oh, then I saw the picture. Wow, the angel, probably one hand grabbed Lord, the other hand grabbed the wife. The other angel, one hand grabbed one daughter, the other hand grabbed the other daughters. So correct, lah, two angels grabbing, holding their hand. Don't let them go and then let them out of the city. Probably they were running and he said, for the Lord was merciful to them. I like this phrase. For the Lord was merciful to them. You know, many years ago when I read that, I thought, oh, God saved the Lord because He's righteous. Because New Testament says He's a righteous man. Uh, uh, 2 Peter 2, uh, Peter said that the uh, Lord's uh, soul was distressed, tormented because of the weakness of the city and uh, He was a righteous man. Is it God spare him because he was a righteous man? So this is a, a, a critical issue. Uh, I think God was merciful to Lord. He was a righteous man relative to the people in Sodom. He was not saved by his righteousness. He was saved because, later we come to that, God was merciful to him. Because the Bible says that, all have sinned. No one is righteous. All have fallen short of the standard of God. None of us is righteous. All you and I are saved of the future judgment, the ultimate judgment of God, not because we are more righteous than the people in, in, in Kuala Lumpur. So for the Lord was merciful to them. He sent angels to judge Sodom but he also to rescue Lord and his family. And as soon as they have brought them out, one of them say, flee for your lives, don't look back. <clears throat> Very clear instruction. And don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. Now I can understand this because the angel already knew what God is going to do. 
God is going to rain burning sulfur and fire from, from sky, from heavens. And uh, uh, scholars say that uh, this could be the earthquake or the uh, volcanic eruption, you know, the, it's going to rain fire and sulfur. Of course, you have to flee to the high ground. Don't stop. You stop and then, and then the volcanic uh, uh, ash will come, you know, burning fire will, will drop on you. And so, uh, was a very, very clear instruction. And then, Lord said to them, No, my Lord, please, your servant has found favor in your eyes, and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me, and I will die. Look, there is a, here is a town near enough to run to. It is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. Well, at heart, he's a... He's an urban dweller. He likes city life. He don't want to go to mountain. Besides, he wasn't quite sure whether the city of Sodom is going to be completely destroyed. Ah, just hide at this small place called the little town or Zohar and, uh, and, and wait and see. Lah. You know, he, he was asking favor from the angel and then the angel granted the, his request. And we know from uh, the uh, uh, Deuteronomy, I think it was Deuteronomy chapter 29, uh, talking about the cities that were destroyed in name Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Adama, and Zeboim. And then in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Genesis chapter 14, we know the five kings of the five cities, Sodom, Gomorrah, Adama, Zeboim, and Zoar. The Vikings come from these five places. And then the four cities were completely destroyed. Not just Sodom and Gomorrah, but also Adama and Zebuin. When you read the uh, Deuteronomy, when you read the Genesis, you, you, you will come to that. And so, so the, the Zohar was spared because of Lot. Right? Zohar was spared because of Lot. And Lot was spared because of Abraham. So what has this got to do with us? You're going to reflect. You and I are spared because of Jesus. We deserve to be, to be judged, to be, to be destroyed. In the, in the final judgment, we actually will be, will be like them. Like Sodom, Adama, Zebuin. But we are spared because of Jesus. I'll come to that more later. Then, I want to move quickly to uh, Lot's wife. And then they reached Zohar, a small town. They thought they are safe already. And then we are told the sun had risen over the land. You know, God really delayed, delayed, keep delaying until finally no more. Then the, rain, then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of heaven. So we know the narrator stated very clearly it is the divine judgment of God. It's not natural disaster. It is just not just happened by chance. You know, things happen sometimes we attribute to nature, you know, but the narrator make it very clear it is a divine judgment. Thus God overthrew those cities and the entire plain, including all those living in the city and also the vegetation in the land. Nothing is alive, including human, vegetation, Everything was burned. All these cities in the plain. I told you the five cities. Sodom, Gomorrah, 
and uh, Adama and Zeboin, except Zoar. Now, all these cities uh, only mention uh, uh, Gomorrah. Uh, Gomorrah is just like uh, earlier I mentioned in the text that homosexual sin is mentioned, the gang rape, attempted uh, homosexual gang rape is mentioned here. Uh, is representative of uh, many forms of sin, heinous sin. So Gomorrah is mentioned, but not in detail. They never describe how Gomorrah was destroyed. It's the same thing like Sodom, and 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 is is representative. It's just like Gomorrah, uh, like Sodom, and uh, Adama and Zeboin, same thing. And then in verse twenty six, but Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. In a split second. Sometimes we think we have long time that it's okay. Some people, I remember a lady in Batu Pahat, I shared the gospel with her in the, in the club. And then in, many people, you say, hey, Reverend Wong, I know you like, you're a preacher, ma. you always like to talk about Jesus. Wait till, wait till I'm old, then I come to Christ, I come and believe in your God. Then I say, don't wait. Don't wait. If you understand the gospel, come to Christ. Then I went to Johor Bahru to study, uh, to Singapore to study. I stayed in Johor Bahru. I had a dream. In the dream, I was in, sort of like God spoke to me, give a call to this lady. I, I didn't know what, 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 what is going on. Uh, of course, in my life as a Christian, only a few occasions God spoke to me through a dream. Usually, God spoke through the word. 90% or 99%. Then I took a phone, I called. I called this lady, a teacher. Then the family said, she's in the hospital. She's critically ill. She's going to die early. Before I could even call her, she died. In a split second, Lord, wife, turned back. The text in other Bibles says she looked longingly. She looked. She was not supposed to look. She left Sodom, but her heart is still in Sodom. Why? She has all the properties. She has all her share market, share. She has everything that she will lose if she were to leave Sodom. She wasn't willing to lose all this. She looked back, thought that I could, maybe I, maybe it's not true. Lord, not true. I want to go back that direction. Just a few seconds, maybe a split second. What happened to her? She turned into a pillar of salt. There are many, many reasons. I don't want to go into a technical part. They say that the sulfur hit her. She collapsed, she died. And then uh, uh, more ashes deposited on her. And then she became a pillar of salt. You know, in the Dead Sea there, Sodom, they, they know the sea salt. All this you can explain now, but the fact is that she was turned into a pillar of salt. And Lord's wife wasn't, we were not given the name. She forever became a byword that, uh, uh, you know, Jesus also quoted in Luke chapter 17, verses 22 to 24. When Jesus was asked by the Pharisees about the kingdom of God, and Jesus told the Pharisees, and then he talked to the disciples, 
and say the kingdom of God, the Son of Man is going to come, you know, uh, like the lightning, you know, in the sky, the flash, from one end to the other, he's talking about, it will be very sudden and very obvious when the kingdom of God comes. That will be too late. When God's Son of Man come and to judge the world, it's too late already. And Jesus told the disciples that don't, you know, don't go down. Let, let me turn to Luke chapter 17. Don't go down. You know Luke 17? Actually, before that, Jesus was saying, just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will be in the days of Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. I mean, like normal days, you know, you see in Noah's time, uh, people could see the ark, no rain, they were drinking, you know, they were eating, drinking, marrying, normal, normal days, life as usual. Then the flood came, too late, destroyed them all. It was same in the days of Lord, Jesus quoted this, people were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. It's like we go to the mama store having roti chanai, you know, you, you go to the a park, you were walking with your wife, and then you were going to school to teach, you know, a normal day. But the day Lord left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. None of the people in Sodom knew about this, were prepared about this. And then Jesus said, it will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who is on the roof of his house with his goods inside should go down to get them. To get them. A split second, something can happen. I went to Medan when the tsunami happened in Aceh. I was there with Malaysian Care to help. <clears throat> I was talking to some of them. There's one old man, he was so terrified, traumatized that he couldn't speak. And the counselor tried to speak to him, he could not. But I spoke his dialect, Hakka, so I tried to talk to him. I keep talking and, and telling him about Christ and then uh, putting my hand around him and then I just sat there, you know, uh, holding him and very sad. And then suddenly, he opened up, he said, you know, he was, well, I was speaking in Hakka, I was told he's a Hakka. Then he talked to me. He lost his wife, lost the, the son, and lost the uh, daughter-in-law, the children. Every single one of them left with him. He said when the, when the thing came, and they were all going down because he got, the, I think, two or three stories, he went up to the, to the top level. And uh, he calling them to go up because the, the water came, you know, the sweat sweeping them. And then they were, because the, the tsunami, uh, you know, came, went, went to the in, more inland uh, and the water still coming in. And they were going down, the, the son and the, the daughter-in-law, and they're trying to get documents, important documents, uh, you must retrieve, isn't it? Your birth cert, your marriage cert, or your school, you got the, the 9A11 and all. All these are very important. Uh, all the documents show all your achievement in life. You went down, they went down and take. Water came and they all swept away, died. Just a few seconds only. So Jesus very clear. He said, don't, don't, you got no time for that. No one in the field should go back for anything. Remember Lord's wife. 
So it is actually giving us a heightened sense about our life. Our life, you need to be take your life seriously, your walk with God seriously. No time. The sense of urgency, but we are lulled into what? Oh, Jesus is not going to come back. It's going to be a long time. Look at how many years already. 2,000 years, it's not going to come back so suddenly. No, it's okay. Don't worry. Just go and play golf tomorrow and go and yam cha. You know, go and do all your normal thing. Of course, we do normal thing. But the mindset of readiness. But Jesus said, don't be, remember Lord's wife. Whoever tries to keep his life will lose it. You try to preserve your life by hoarding, by wanting all this and the world offered to you, you lose it. But he who loses his life will find it. Are you the sons-in-law? Are you Lord? Are you Lord's wife? And early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Where? Memory, the great trees of memory. He was there, standing, and he thought he remembered Abraham. Early in the morning, no, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down towards Sodom and Gomorrah. What did he see? Towards uh, all the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke you rising from the land like smoke from a furnace. He got the answer. What was in his mind? You think God answered his intercessory prayer? You think God answered his prayer? He looked at Sodom and, and Gomorrah, the, all the cities in the plain, he looked down, he saw the smoke like the, the furnace. He said, Habesla. All died, all were destroyed, including my nephew, my nephew's wife, my nieces, my nieces' husbands. Pledged to marry, cannot even have wedding. Gone, all gone. He looked at that. That's why he was silent. Just look there, silent. But what Abraham did not know is that God did not destroy the righteous, so-called righteous. Lord was righteous. God did not kill the righteous together with the wicked. He saved Lord. He saved Lord. God spared Lord. But did he destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? God did. Abraham wanted God to spare Sodom and Gomorrah. But God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Lest we think that God is that kind of God. You know, like your, maybe like your parents a little bit did wrong. Oh, the daddy want to whack you already. No, God is not like that. God is, God has a long fuse. He's very slow to anger. Compassionate. You look at the city of Nineveh, very classical case. He sent Jonah to go and preach a gospel to them. Nineveh is known to be a very brutal, cruel nation. They skin people alive. God sent Jonah to go, but Jonah didn't want to go. Jonah knew God's character. If they repent, God is not going to carry out his judgment. So true enough, when Jonah preached the gospel, and then Nineveh repented, and God did not destroy Nineveh. 
God is a kind of God. He gives people opportunities. And He gives us time to repent of our sin. God doesn't immediately take out a sledgehammer and whack you. That's not God. But Sodom's sin has reached its full measure. God had to wait 430 years for the sin of Amorites to come to his full. Only God judge and execute. 430 years. You know, human, uh, sometimes when somebody did us wrong, uh, wow, cannot sleep already, next minute, next day want to do something and settle the account already. But you be sure that God will settle the account, but not the way that we think. So what did he say in verse 29? So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham and he brought Lord out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lord had lived. He remembered Abraham. Now this again is a very difficult verse to interpret. Uh, I would interpret very quickly together with the whole context of chapter 18. God remembered the conversation he had with Abraham, the intercession of Abraham. But he also remembered his covenant he entered together with Abraham. Remember the earlier conversation? He said, should I tell Abraham all these things? My plan was to destroy Sodom. He said, since Abraham is going to be a powerful nation, uh, a great and powerful nation, that Abraham, is, I've chosen him and he's going to tell his children and household to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. So God got to do what is right and just in order if Abraham will know how to be right and just. Sin must be punished. But you don't immediately punish. You give people time to repent. So whenever we repent, God, God, what? God will respond to us in kindness, in compassion. So God remembered Abraham. Because of Abraham, God spared the Lord. Lord is only a half-baked Christian, carnal, you know, not serious with God, with Yahweh. Yet he was spared. Lord's wife would have been saved if not for her own disobedience. And of course, the two girls, they are lucky, uh, saved uh, because of the father. But later you read uh, the story, I won't come to that lady too long lady. And um, you know, uh, they got their father drunk and then have sex and then got children to become Moabites and the Ammonites. That's a very tragic thing to read that. Lord offered the daughters to, to, to let the inhabitants of the Sodomites to, 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 to uh, violate them sexually. Now, uh, daughters slept with him. It's crazy, the story. So let me end by saying a few things. The destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah is also a vivid example of God's decisive judgment against a sinful city. As such, it becomes a harbinger of future judgments, meaning it is an example of what future judgment will be. And this extraordinary divine judgment on this very wicked city serves to the rest of the scripture as the preeminent paradigm of divine judgment on the last day. It points to what God is going to do, to do in the last day. 2 Peter 2 verses 4 to 10 
Peter already said that God did not spare the angel when they sinned. God did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood to his godly people. And God did not spare Sodom and Gomorrah, but he saved Lord, a righteous man. That is an example that God provided a way for us to Jesus, that God will spare us. So the attributes of God, Abraham later he might learn, God is just. He's a just God. So we are called to be just, to be righteous. God is not only holy and just, but he's also merciful. So that, that we see that very, very clearly. I did mention earlier that God will punish sin. You know, God is, but He's merciful. You know, God sent Jesus as the Messiah to save sinners. Lot was spared because of his uncle Abraham. Zohar was spared because of Lot. We are spared because of Jesus. God gave Jesus as a propitiation for our sin. Let me close to answer this final question. What is the role of intercession then, like Abraham? We are called to intercede for, in prayer for people. God remembered Abraham of his intercession, of the covenant he entered into with Abraham, and so Lord was rescued, he was spared. And 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 says, Paul told Timothy, I urge then, then, first of all, that request, prayer, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and those in authority. God wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So very clearly, that intercession to be made for everyone. How God is going to answer that prayer that we have to trust the attributes of God. We are the descendants of Abraham. We can intercede for people. We have entered into a covenant with God through the blood of Jesus. God take us seriously. And, and God through Abraham is going to bless the world. And God through us is going to bless the world for people. And then Paul said that God wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We pray for the king and those in authority because you and I have no access to them to go and tell them about the gospel. But we can pray for them and God can work through our prayer. He ordained the ordinary means, prayer, that God will work through that. How he works, I don't know. But we are called to be faithful to pray. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man uh, Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all men, and for this purpose, I was appointed a herald. I'm called to preach the gospel. You and I are called to pray, to intercede, and we are also called to pray for people. And then God will work the way how he worked through Abraham's intercession. Lot and his family were spared, if not for Lot's wife's disobedience. We can trust that God will save some according to his plan. Our prayer, God will listen and he answered according to his time, his way. And know that God 
is not only a holy God, but he's also a merciful God. Let's pray. Lord, you know that among us we have our children, our youth by association with their parents. They have heard of the teaching and the gospel. They know about you, just like Lord by association with Abraham. But we're very aware how much the world can corrupt their mind and influence them and take them away from you. So we pray for our children and for our youth in our church that God, you speak to them through your word. Your Holy Spirit will teach them, give them the fear of God. We also pray for ourselves. We may be like Lot. Our hearts have been captivated by the things of the world, like Lot of the things in Sodom. Our businesses, our career, Everything can be so important to us that we no longer serve you. Not that our career and our businesses and all these are not important. These are vocation you give to us, you call us, so that we can be an influencer in the society. We can preach the gospel. We can help people to come to know you and to hear of the good news that Christ died for them. Christ took their place. Abraham did not take the place of Lord. Of his intercession, Lord was saved. Jesus also interceded, interceded for us, interceding for us. But he took our place. He became sin, though he was not sin. He was made sin because of our sin. And God had to punish him because God is just. Otherwise, we will be punished eternally. Jesus was punished. He took the penalty of our sin. And he died and he rose again so that we who believe in him can have eternal life and therefore we are spared from the eternal judgment i pray that none of us here would be like lord's wife for the split second we might lose our own lives help us to seek after your kingdom thank you for your word hear our prayer lord have mercy on us have mercy on us lord in jesus name we pray